Most brands concentrate on the question, what is our voice? Our guest on this episode, Shira Atkins, CMO and co-founder of Wonder Media, points out the more important question for brands to ask is, what are the voices of the people we want to support and align with? Welcome to the Sonic Truth. This week, we bring to you a great conversation between Shira Atkins and our host, Scott Simonelli, that was so interesting to me, I actually had trouble editing it down. So this episode is a bit longer than most. They discuss how your brand can authentically use cause marketing on podcasts, how females are underrepresented when it comes to the voices used in advertising, and how Wonder Media is working to change these norms. We hope you enjoy the episode, and welcome again to The Sonic Truth. Welcome to The Sonic Truth, Shira. Great to have you here. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Shira Atkins. I'm the co-founder and chief marketing officer at Wonder Media Network. Awesome. So just to start, just so we have some context, you know, tell us a little bit about Wonder Media and and also it'd be great to hear how you kind of arrived there and, and your journey a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So we are about a three-year-old podcasting startup. Um, we launched the company initially because my co-founder and I were really interested in telling the stories of the women who were running for the House of Representatives in the 2018 election cycle. My co-founder was working at the time as a reporter at Bloomberg News. I was doing some brand strategy consulting work. Um, and Jenny, my co-founder, her mom was actually one of these women who was running for office in North Carolina, where she's from. And so she had a sort of first row seat to the action. And as we were looking at the podcast space, we felt like a lot of the sort of ills that you have seen in traditional digital media around lack of representation um, or also just the siloing of women's stories or women's voices into the sort of traditional like fashion, beauty, lifestyle were being sort of propagated once again in the podcast landscape. And it's crazy to think that like even, you know, a, three years ago, there weren't as many companies as there are now who were working on this issue. So we started with the idea for one show, but it sort of has, it bloomed. Um, we learned very quickly, you know, how to grow an audience, how to monetize that audience, um, how to build a network. Um, we ended up building out a whole separate arm of our business, doing production services. And so three years later, we have about 12 original podcasts. We're a team of about 15 now um, and growing. So so really the genesis kind of was there and then you, you kind of built the business after the fact? Yeah, sort of. Um, we, we, the intention was there. The mission was there from the get-go. Um, I, as I said, my background, I had been in digital media. I, I started a small, um, I was the first hire at a media startup right out of school. Um, and then I went out on my own and was doing brand strategy work. And I was really excited by the podcast space, but I didn't know anything. And I knew that like, if Jenny was attached to it, it was going to be successful. Um, but no, we didn't raise any money. Um, we actually still haven't. We're a totally bootstrapped company. And because of that, we've been able to kind of just see what works as we grow, um, which I think has been really, really helpful. I, there are many media companies out there that I respect very much, but also I think probably raised way too much, way too soon at the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, it's been this iterative process of just figuring out what works and how to build and 
how, figure out how we're going to be able to actually make money in a space that's like getting pretty crowded. Right. Well, it's, it's crowded, but you know, it starts to become a filtering exercise, I think for end users and for the, the, the content creators, the publishers and, and really all parties involved is, you know, there's kind of this huge surge and then it starts to um, have to kind of take on meaning and, and ultimately create value for both the listener uh, or the consumer, right? And, and uh, value for the, whoever the, the company is, uh, whether that's investors or not. And I think a lot of people, just being an entrepreneur myself, it's, people don't realize that raising too much money or raising money early it can be the biggest trap. More companies fail doing that than not having enough capital uh, out of the gate. Uh, because you, to your point, you don't, you don't find your way. Um, so, so with respect to like how you monetize things, so you have a unique sponsorship-based model. Um, tell us a little bit about that, because I think that's, that's interesting, and I think it's, it's a way to stay authentic to your mission. So I, it'd be cool to hear more about that. And this is something I feel really passionately about, not only because it feels like a natural extension of our vision and our mission, but also because um, I actually think that the, the traditional way of selling in the podcast landscape is fundamentally broken. And the same way, again, once again, <laughs> the same way that we've seen like ads get denuded over time in digital media and become less effective in TV and even streaming platforms, like it is really sad to watch that as the programmatic dollars are sort of flowing into the podcasting space, I now pull up like my favorite Vox podcasts and I'm listening to like a stars ad at the beginning, at the top of the show. And it's just like, it's so jarring and it's so at odds with, with what this industry is all about and, and why we're special. But I didn't start from that perspective. I started from the perspective of, oh gosh, we're starting this company. I need to make some money. And I looked at the CPM model and I just thought like, we don't have a big enough audience to make this worthwhile. And now we have a few shows that like we, we can get by on CPM, but you certainly can't scale a business starting from nothing um, with, with a CPM model. It just, it frankly doesn't work and it's kind of uninteresting and it's just a treadmill. Um, but the thing that makes us different and I think the thing that is also more valuable to brands is that the content that we're making is genuinely mission first. So whether it's our audio documentary about the history of abortion or um, an abortion access in the U.S. or it's um, Encyclopedia Womanica, which I know we'll talk a little bit more about, um, which just tells the story of amazing women from history. These are all things that the right brand will get excited about, podcasts about sustainability. So what we offer to brands is we say like, hey, we know that you really care about X issue. We have a podcast already about this issue and we want to figure out how to integrate your campaign messaging into the podcast so that you can also promote this alongside us, be our distribution partner, get credit for the authentic indie mission first women led stuff that's in there. Um, and let it actually feel authentic and, and we'll serve as their sort of media or creative consultancy at the same time. So we generally don't do 30 or 60 second spots. Occasionally we will just to, you know, satisfy the space. Um, <laughs> but like, is there a five minute bonus episode we could create or a segment that we could create that will be better for the brand and better for the host um, and better for the listeners? And all of this is premium. So it's better for us as a business, frankly, um, to operate this way. 
We'll be right back. Go to Veritonic.com or click the link in the episode description to browse top ads and advertisers using Veritonic's new feature, Audio Ad Search. Check it out at Veritonic.com. So how do you find the brands that kind of match this content on like a regular basis, especially around what potentially could be some sensitive topics? Yeah, I would say we're primarily still in the phase of our business where it's outbound. um, And we are just like constantly mining the various sources to understand like where our brand's investing. Um, But we get really excited like oh Athleta just signed Simone Biles and like Simone Biles like cares about all these things that we really care about and she actually knows the host of this other podcast that we're creating like let's reach out to Athleta um that's like obvious low-hanging fruit but we're constantly updating our lists thinking about who actually makes sense here and just doing a ton of cold outreach um I would love to get to the point (laughs) where brands are coming to us um we, of course, also have developed some wonderful agency relationships, and that is really helpful, especially as an increasing number of agencies have sort of multicultural marketing departments or folks that are focused on innovation and DEI. Um, so it's a bit of a mix. I think the other thing that's working against us is just podcasting is new. So it's not like these things that I'm saying are particularly groundbreaking or revelatory. Lots of publications are trying to do the same thing. Um, It's probably easier in display format to make this sell. Um, But I think there's something unique about audio. And as brands think like, should I have a podcast? I think this should be their first step is don't actually make your own corporate podcast until you have tried something like what I'm offering. You know, we've seen branded podcasts. We've seen, you know, corporate uh, kind of fueled content, if you will. You know, ultimately, you know, brands, generally speaking, are not content businesses, you know, and, and audio is still relatively new, as you point out. So these are create a great format. What's what's unique about Wonder Media? So first of all, we're 100% women led, like, where our whole team is women. So I think that's exciting for a lot of brands or should be exciting for a lot of brands. We also, we're at this like fun young stage where everybody works on everything at the company, which is maybe not the kind of thing that I would include in a pitch, but it speaks to like the energy around the actual, around the content itself. Like right before, um, right before we got on this call, I, we were in the editorial meeting and like All of our producers who are working on disparate shows, whether one's working on news and politics, one is working on a new show with Candace Parker, one show, one person is working on a show about climate change. Like they're all interacting and sort of, um, giving each other insight into how their content should evolve or be created. And so I think it has like a unique amount of like touch and creativity that a lot of other just podcast companies, frankly, aren't providing. Like I think Dear Media, for example, has built an incredibly interesting business um, that is primarily influencer-led. We have done something entirely different. We basically don't work with influencers, don't work with celebrities, don't work with people that have massive followings, and instead value, like, what is the... We're we're more content first. Um, Again, this is not, like, a jab at other companies who have done also, like, really important and interesting things. It's just, like... We're doing stuff that is story and 
story and mission first um, with people who genuinely care about those issues. So I hope that that comes across. Um, it is also obvious that like we are now in a landscape in which people are using these lines that I am saying as part of their marketing pitch. And it's something that I'm actively trying to work on is like, how do we, how do we differentiate um, when what we're all doing is so needed? I even call our sales team marketing solutions because I don't think that we're selling. I think we're offering a marketing service. Cool. My very first sales team that I started was the marketing solutions team. This is like back in 20 years ago. So good idea. Um, so so I, one of the things that's that's present there and, and you can't miss, right? It's, it's all female uh, employees and audio is really powerful, right? And when you put that together, one of the things that we've seen in the, in the audio space, which comes from the radio days and kind of this, um, you know, whatever the, however long radio has been around, you know, since the 1920s or whatever it's been, just this, this kind of prominence of male voices. And, and what we've seen you know, here at Veritonic, we're a research company, so we're looking at a lot of these big picture things. But just the power of audio and then the power of female voices and diverse voices. Now, you're putting those two things together. So, you know, we can talk a little bit about the data and, and you can tell us a little about what you've done on that front. But I'm curious, just before we even get there, you know, where do you see that that crossroads of the power of audio and the, and the power of, of the female perspective and the female voice? You know, how do you see that um, creating... Um, a lot of value for brands and resonating, you know, in a powerful way for brands. The key here is voice and in whose voice. Um, it's clear that brands, for as long as there have been brands, have tried to align with ambassadors or influencers of some sort who could speak for them, who could be the spokesperson for that brand. Um, and to do that authentically in this moment, I think you actually have to truly embrace that person or that extension. Like, Taco Bell or Burger King or Walmart or whatever, when they try to speak, it's like, I'm sure they have, they pay lots of agencies, millions of dollars to, to answer the question, like, what is our voice? I think an easier question to answer is like, who are the voices that we want to support and align with? Um, and let them just speak the way that they want to speak and show the world like Walmart supports them. <laughs> That's this, this voice is a voice that we care about and we're going to amplify um, and so by partnering with us, a brand is able to say like, to not have to do that much work. <laughs> it's like, all they have to do is underwrite the cost of something that's going to be authentic for that person that will stand for their brand. And like, that's, that to me is a win. It's amazing that this, the stat, I mean, the stat we've seen is, is 20% of ads use female voices and 50% are, are male. And then the other, you know, whatever, 30% is, is, could be both or other or whatever, but the, the, that's something that, that hasn't changed as much as, as I think we thought it would over the last uh, couple of years. And, and I think you say it's one campaign at a time, but the reality is that's one more, you know, and I think we need to, to see more of that. How do you use data today? And, and maybe if we want to get into some of the stuff with Mercedes-Benz or other things that we know just from in partnering together, but, I, you know, how do you use data to change this equation? Because we always have found, at least for me personally, data can open that box. It can, it can draw, shine a light on something that you can say there's not enough female voices, but when you put some hard numbers behind it, it can start to create some concrete awareness around it. How do, how do you use data? And, and, and understanding it's early days, but you know, what, do you, what are you maybe doing to try to use data today? And what, what data would, do you think you'd want in the future to kind of help that, this mission forward? Mm, that's a very good question. I mean, the first thing we're doing is partnering with Veritonic. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. Like we, 
the podcast space is notoriously difficult to, to find real data on who our audience is. So that, that is a massive hurdle just in general sales. Um, we do qualitative studies all the time, but those are clearly imperfect. And we don't want to ask too much of our audience as it is. Um, the main ask is just to like listen to our content. So being able to understand brand lift that, that we can then share with our advertisers and our partners is hugely important. The data that I wish that I had more broadly is really the data from the platforms, which I'm never going to see. <laughs> um, but but understanding just like how the how the traditional podcast listener of a certain demographic or age or whatever navigates through a platform, understanding what other podcasts they listen to that are adjacent to the podcast that we create. I wish that I could A-B test art and understand like which art people are um, getting excited about. There have been many studies and there's a whole lot of data about women's voices being annoying or squeaky or up-talking or all of this that like is sort of more traditional radio data um, from over the years that we're like fighting against. But also like as you create the sonic brand for a show, like, you know, what are the types of sounds that people are, you know, responding to or not responding to? These are sort of like the larger questions, but in the day-to-day, the thing that's really going to affect our business is understanding insights from the listener about how our ads and our content are affecting them. So yeah, I mean, partnering with folks like you all is really helpful. No, the reality is, is, and even for us, like we, it's not as, it's one of those things where there has to be many companies, right? Providing that data. If, if you look at other other mediums, right? There's a lot of different data sources to kind of create an ecosystem of awareness. Um, and, and they may range from emotional response to intent to certain behaviors. And, and you touched on something interesting that, I, that I'm curious to dig, dig in on a little bit, which is, yeah, there's not one voice, right? I think there's this, this concept of, oh, well, oh, well, this is the, the company that's female focused and it's all females and they use female voice. There's a million female voices, Right. And there's there. Yes, there are annoying female voices. There are annoying male voices. There's a there's good and bad voices of all types. Believe me. <laughs> right. And it's like what works for that moment. Right. At that time. And, 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 and a voice that might seem annoying today might be highly relevant tomorrow or for a different audience. And I think it's that overall diversity um, and, and inclusivity for, for the audience and caring about the audience that looks diverse. If your audience is diverse, whether it's male or female or, or some mix. And that's a thing that I think people, it shows how early this is. We see a lot of our clients struggle with, should I use this voice or that voice? You're going to, let's say you're going to use a female voice. You've decided which female voice and how, how do you get to that today? Um, and, and how challenging is that? Because, you know, you might love one voice and someone else might love another voice. And, and how do you make those decisions? This um, campaign that we keep dancing around that we, that we worked on together. Um, so, so just for listeners context, we, um, partnered with Mercedes Benz during the month of March as part of their women's history campaign. Um, they sponsored a month of Encyclopedia Womanica, which is our five minute daily podcast about women from history. We renamed the month women in the driver's seat. And as part of that campaign, we provided daily ad spots as well as bonus episodes that dropped in on the weekends. But in addition, we also scaled the campaign across other audio networks and dropped ads on Art19's inventory and Midroll's inventory to say, you know, 
Mercedes-Benz is really dedicated to women's voices. If you want to learn more about that, go check out Encyclopedia Womanica. So in this great way, we were actually able to just promote our podcast a little bit more. Anyway, all of that background to say, to answer your question, Scott, as part of working with these other audio networks, they were providing us programmatic announcer red spots in a lot of cases. And so I got to experience firsthand what a lot of brands come up against, which is... Four different options for an announcer to read this ad spot that I wrote. And to be honest, with much love to my friends at these various places, like I was shocked at how bad they were. Like they sounded like ads, which is what they are. And like listeners aren't so dumb to know that this is not an ad, you know, to to be fooled into thinking this isn't an ad. But it was choosing between all of it just felt so stale. It felt so like old school TV or old school radio. And how did I choose? Like I wasn't at the time yet signed up on Veritonic. So I couldn't use my like AI resource to understand which voice would be the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I just used my own, like, this is the least grading of all of them. So let's go with this (laughs) one. Um, And, you know, my partners were like generous to offer me some like re-records. Absolutely. And and you make a great point. First off, there's the people don't know if they're choosing between bad and worse or great and amazing. Um, when there's no spe- spectrum or benchmark or some kind of norm, and what we're still seeing is, is the audio industry is still early days. I mean, think about, you know, the early the first internet ad banners or whatever. Is that, the, the sites that have, like, the hamster on them or whatever that got clicks. It's just like, or the first TV spots, right? You know, it's just like this stuff takes time, um, and there's no penalty right now for, for performing poorly, right? Like, and I think more companies are going to have to fail um, by creating poor creative or crappy creative or not thinking about their audience and doing this stuff. Like, there's going to have to be some reckoning on that before people start to realize, well, I can't get away with this. But I think that to happen at scale, as you point out, is, is difficult because you can't listen to every ad. You don't have time. Um, if you, I'd love to play some examples, if you don't mind, uh, of this. Here's uh, an example, and you can maybe tell us what we're listening to here. This Women's History Month, Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz celebrates women who perform at the highest level to drive themselves forward in their careers. Mercedes-Benz brand ambassadors Madeleine Petch and Sloane Stevens represent women who are constantly raising the bar. Tune in tomorrow for a special episode to hear from these two women on the highs and lows of their careers and what keeps them driving toward greatness. Okay, so so talk us through maybe just what's different about, now that scored really well, you know, in our platform. And again, shameless plugs notwithstanding. But like, tell us, it's great for people to understand, like what went into that? That's a great spot, both from a data-driven standpoint and just maybe from an opinion standpoint. But how did that come to be? And what did you do that, that you felt was different there? Yeah, so... The context, the additional context here is that our episodes are only five minutes long on Encyclopedia Womanica. So we don't want to jam too much ad content into a given episode. Um, That particular ad ran at the top of a Friday morning episode and served two purposes. One, to plug Mercedes-Benz's support of Encyclopedia Womanica um, with a bunch of plays on words around driving towards change. It was as I said, the month was women in the driver's seat. Um, but the second purpose was to plug the next day's bonus episode, which would be dropping in feed, which was a f- sort of fully custom created 
episode where we interviewed these two brand ambassadors and um, talked about how great Mercedes is and all that. Um, and the the host, the, the person that you heard reading the ad was is Jenny Kaplan, my co-founder, who's the host of the show. So you got the host red point. Um, it was enthusiastically shared the the tone if you continued listening to the episode you would hear that the tone was not at all changed from that moment to the next line which is like it's friday like welcome to encyclopedia Manica. here's the woman that we're focused on today um which i think is really important um in terms of like the actual evolution of that um you know, Mercedes-Benz had their goals for the month, but they did not have talking points. They weren't doing this with any other podcast network. This was something that was totally custom. So we just wrote content that we thought would resonate, that wouldn't be too corny, that would, you know, share the high level picture of their goal. And like, that's it. You don't, there, there's no call to action, which I think is also kind of refreshing. There's no like 20% off code. There's no like website that they have to visit. It's just like, Enjoy this awesome piece of content that's brought to you by this awesome brand that cares about the things that you care about. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Having data that says this is how people felt about Mercedes before they listened to the ad and this is how they felt about Mercedes after the ad against these set of benchmarks, which you laid out as part of your campaign and be able, being able to come back and have a quantifiable answer, particularly when there's not a call to action or a trackable link or, you know, I'm giving them download reports, but like, that's nothing that they can actually verify. Um, so to, to be able to have something that is veritable, um, is massive. I, the, the other thing that I think we can now do is like, we did learn a lot from just looking at all of the various ads that we tested and, you know, the cool feature that I loved. I now I feel like I'm reading an ad for you guys, but like, yeah, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, it was, it's really cool to be like, this is the moment when people were most bored. (laughs) This is the moment where people were like most excited. And it was when you said this person's name and it was when Jenny's voice had this type of inflection and being able to like inform a read moving forward, like, gosh, if only, if only everybody had the ability to do that and the care to do that. What do you have in store? What's coming down the pipe that's, that's new and different that you feel people might not expect? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of content that we're working on. Um, and I think first of all, like, yes, obviously there are, there are so many, the, 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 the female audience is not a monolith, obviously. Um, We have parenting content coming up. We have content about activism coming up. We have more audio documentaries. We have true crime. Um, And like even the true crime, it's like, they're just stories about women that are, it's not like hitting you over the head. This isn't like rah, rah, you have to be a feminist. You have to like, you have to be a woman to listen to this or enjoy this. It's like, just so happens that it's a mother-daughter pair who are talking about this woman who went missing in their town when they were growing up, and it unfolds this amazing mystery. We're not trying to say anything political or do anything political by telling this story. It's just a great one, and it so happens to be led by women. So I think that's something that I wish more mainstream brands and media companies would embrace and understand is like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like painted in pink with like all sorts of exclamation points around it to get across the idea that like you value these stories. It doesn't even have to feel like a political stance to, to, to value these stories. It should just be natural that like, this is a diverse 
planet <laughs> and and like if you want to attract diverse audiences you need to tell diverse stories and it's just obvious it's not actually that profound we as even as a research company when when we hear something like this whether it's the sonic color line stuff we're doing with pandora or the you know the, the just hearing about your company i didn't you know hearing about you for the first time and knowing we can help on this mission we can measure lots of stuff, but you'd rather measure something that matters and makes a difference for sure. And this is, we're happy to be associated with this. We're excited to have you on this podcast. I hope people listen to this and, and, it, and it just raises that bar of what's possible um, with being inclusive, with being diverse, but also ultimately reaching your audience. At the end of the day, you know, you want to connect with your audience in an authentic way. So hopefully uh, people listening to this will, will get one step closer to that and, and hopefully raise, raise some awareness about what you're doing. Totally.